Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with a vault release. <laughs> we are, yeah, yeah. Kind of unexpected. We weren't planning on doing this. We have a really cool episode in the works for you guys, but we're a, not, I wouldn't say behind on it. We just wanted to refine it a little bit more. And it was honestly just life circumstances yeah, and birthdays yeah. and all that jazz. So, you know, not our birthdays, but other people's and Indeed. we want to celebrate them. So, you know. But luckily, yeah. we have a sweet backlog. Yeah. Some pretty awesome episodes for you guys to check out. And the thing I love about this is that it really coincides with Strange Times. Yeah, it totally does. Because that's the premiere. All week we've been premiering all of these new articles. Yep. We're calling it the highly irregular periodical of Straight <laughs> Up Strange. That's it's right. called Strange Times. And I'm really loving it. It's awesome. And I hope you guys are. Go check it out if you haven't already. It's just at straightupstrange.com and you can click on the Strange Times link there right. right at the top and it'll bring you right to our awesome articles. And we've been like releasing them all week. Mm-hmm. And today, Sunday, October 6th, I if think I'm so. not mistaken, yeah. it is has been the missing head of Oliver Cromwell. That's so right. this is why we decided to re-release this episode for all you fine folks out there. It's a super weird story. We covered it a little while ago for our uh, for our patrons, and it was definitely kind of a... I mean, it falls into the historical mystery category of Into the Portal, but there's also just some serious, like, macabre. Like, it's dark. It's, it's a strange mm-hmm. tale. And, yeah, it ties perfectly into the release of this new blog. So, like Amber said, like, hop on over to straightupstrange.com. I think we have four articles up on there now. They're all really cool. They're all from different members of the network. And you can find other shows on there, too. So check mm-hmm. it out. And follow us on Instagram, too. That kind of comes into another part of this, but we'll get to that at the end. Oh, we're getting there now. Do you have Unless... anything to say about, I mean, oh, bef- yeah. about, about crom- the old crommy bommy before we uh, <laughs> before we get right into this here? Because, uh, I mean, obviously the, the episode does a good job of kind of detailing all of it. It really does. I, I love this episode. This was so fun. This was something that you brought up to me. And I was like, What? I know, I know. (laughs) Cromwell's head is missing. Like, this is all just so bizarre. And the more you look into the history of it, it becomes more and more convoluted and interesting in my perspective. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's kind of a weird, twisted mystery. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. But before we get into it, we have one more thing we wanted to mention to you guys. So... We mentioned this on the last episode release on the film Friday. If you haven't checked that out, go go listen to it. Make sure you watch Poltergeist if that hasn't already uh, ruined your childhood from 1982. <laughs> like but <Andrews. laughs> we are, like mine and many, many others too that reached out on Twitter and were like, this movie just destroyed me. And it was usually the clown, as was mm. with me as well. Or the tree. Yeah, or the tree. Definitely trees. Yeah. Uh, spooky tree, for sure. But <laughs> we did mention... That like last year on Into the Portal, we did this super fun pumpkin carving contest in uh, collaboration with Kryptonaut Podcast. So this year we are doing it uh, with the Straight Up Strange Network in collaboration with Into the Portal, member of the network, obviously. Mm. So all you guys got to do is carve a badass pumpkin, whatever you want to do. Basically follow us on Instagram at Strange Pods. So we're at Strange Podcast on Twitter. If you're on there, come follow us at Strange Pods on Instagram and at Into the Portal Podcast on Instagram. Follow us, post your jack-o'-lantern. Tag us in your posts so we know that you posted it, and that's mm-hmm. it. And we have a sweet prize pack, vintage horror-themed comic books. Yep. 
Canadian Halloween candy that mm-hmm. apparently you guys can't get down in the States. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a poll on our, like, Into the Portal and on Strange Pods, I think we should put up there, hey? Oh, yeah. And we're just going to, like, poll you guys on what Halloween candy from Canada you want most. <laughs> There's a few. Like, we were looking into it. Like, Smarties you can't get down there. There's a it's whole bunch. Amazing. It's amazing. I'm like, what? I know. Makes no sense. Anyway. But we'll just, we'll get down to the nitty gritty on that. And then obviously a bunch of sweet swag from the network, like yeah. stickers and all kinds of cool stuff. So stickers, we'll have a post pins, magnets, bookmarks. I don't even know. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that. Get brainstorming on your jack o' lanterns. Uh, but until any then, any gourd, oh, or gourd, gourd, rutabaga, anything. Every <laughs> carpet rutabaga last year it was pretty pretty sweet. It was very cute. <laughs> we named him Jack. Yeah. So keep brainstorming those jack o' lanterns. But in the meantime, we do have something to keep your minds busy on into the portal. Your gateway to the bazaar. You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. Execution is a nasty business at the best of times, particularly in the 17th century. The bloodthirsty crowds amassed to take in the imminent demise of a divisive figure. For certain, this was the case with King Charles I, who suffered just such a fate at the order of none other than Oliver Cromwell, who supplanted himself as Lord Protector after the death of the king. However, this did not last particularly long, and despite the common belief outside of history circles that Cromwell was executed after the monarchy regained the throne, this was not in fact the case. In most bizarre fashion and under extreme political circumstances, Oliver Cromwell, Lord Protector, was executed after his death, an example made of those who opposed the crown. Not only was Cromwell executed after the fact, but he was beheaded as well, an indignity only few historical figures have endured posthumously. But after several decades on ghastly display to the passing public of London, the head would mysteriously disappear, only resurfacing later to pass through the hands of underworld collectors of such macabre artifacts. And so we are left with a tale that is truly strange. Join us on Into the Portal for this month's Patreon exclusive as we trace the path of the missing head of Oliver Cromwell. I'm Amber And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with another Patreon exclusive. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. And uh, I mean, I guess they've all been coming out at the end of the month, these yeah. for the last few months. So it's like, <laughs> it is on schedule here for you guys. And we have a really uh, <laughs> we have a weird one 
This is strange. Yeah. This is Andrew's idea. <laughs> I, thought you would re- I thought you guys would really enjoy it. I thought it would be pretty obscure. And that's like, when we set out to do Into the Portal, we were like, we want to bring you stories you haven't heard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the mainstream ones are fun. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think a lot of people may have not heard of. I definitely hadn't heard of this. Um, I was familiar with, like, the Jeremy Bentham. Um, yeah, the, the, like, the body. Yeah, like, he was, like, kind of, like, a mummified um, corpse that was in, which college was it? It was somewhere in oh, the U.S. Yeah, which, oh, yeah, Oh, man, that's bad. But he was, like, his head would just go missing all the time. Yeah. Students would steal it. It was, it was like a prank. Yeah, like a grad prank. Yeah, exactly. It was like, who had the head? And they had to, like, lock it up eventually in, like, this vault kind of thing. Crazy, it's still right? still on display, though, I think. I believe so. I hope so. So we have another head story for you guys mm-hmm. today. Yeah, this is none other than the missing head of Oliver Cromwell. When I told my mom we were doing for this month's Patreon, she was like, she just gave me the weirdest look. She's like, okay, Amber. What? <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. So just a little bit of a backstory on Oliver Cromwell. Let's give the deets here. He was born in uh, 19, sorry, 1599. He was born in 1959. <laughs> he was a spring chicken. Yeah. But yeah, April 25th in Huntington of Huntingdonshire, England. And this man would become the leading figure of none other than the English Civil Wars that were basically ravaging the countryside in the 1640s. That's right. uh, For a few decades, I believe. Yeah, it was nasty business. It really was. And although he wasn't a direct descendant of Henry VIII's chief minister, Thomas Cromwell... Um, who was supposedly, according to the historic UK.com, was promoted to the Earldom of Essex, but later executed in 1540, when obviously fell in the king's favor. Mm-hmm. Rough go in royal court those Back days. Back in the day, I mean. yeah. Yeah, but he was he was somehow related to him, correct? Very, very distantly. Okay. Not directly, but distantly. So he was actually technically related to the person he wanted executed. Mm-hmm. Distantly. Well, that's not too uh, unknown in, in these parts Certainly of not. No. Seems like if there was blood, there was more reason to kill. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and of course, there's power to be had. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, his great-great-grandfather, Morgan Williams, married Thomas's sister, Catherine. So, Thomas Cromwell, the yes, one that I just mentioned above right. here. And that was in 1497. So, it was essentially Morgan and Catherine's three sons who took the surname of this Cromwell in order, or sorry, in honor, I should say, of their maternal In uncle. honor slash trying to ride some coattails. Oh, exactly, yeah. Because a name is everything. <laughs> everything. Everything. So you would cling to that until you're basically on the chopping block. Right. <laughs> Any of you who've watched Game of Thrones will know what yeah. we're talking about. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so Cromwell was very um, able. He was known for his military prowess. And this is really well documented, obviously, but his upbringing is lesser known. He probably was a country boy, I'd imagine. Then he probably went to court, and who knows. But he did (laughs) study law briefly in Lincoln's Inn Court of London. And this is where he essentially met his wife, or it's thought that he met his wife, Elizabeth, who was the daughter of Sir James Bouchier, who was a knighted London merchant. And he also owned a significant amount of land and was connected to Puritan gentry. So he was up there. He was up there. So that was a good match. Good match. Right. Which You're is what it was all that. about. This reminds me of like mm-hmm. Middle March. Yeah. Remember when I had to read that book? Oh, totally. And I, hate, I hated it, it at the of, time. It reminds me of Downton Abbey. But a little oh, bit well, exactly. Yeah, totally. Same idea. The other Bowling girl. Oh my gosh. All these references. <laughs> <laughs> Just start listing them off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
So later on, he would relocate to Cambridgeshire, and I hope I'm saying that. I feel like every time Cambridgeshire. I Cambridgeshire, Cambridgeshire, in the town of St. Ives. Ooh, like the cream. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amber, like, Just the, like cream. the cream. And this was around 1631. He did relocate again in 1636, this time to Eli. Mm -hmm. And this was because he had inherited some property from another one of his maternal relatives, who was a fairly wealthy uncle. This was a significant rise in status, and the inheritance proved to be quite fruitful for him. And along with a commitment to this Puritan way of life, with this wealth, it essentially resulted in Cromwell's self-declared spiritual awakening. And so this was at a time when politics and religion was all up in the air in England. Yeah. Everything was gun shaky. Yeah, and so this definitely. is where we're heading into the, the Civil War. So English Civil Wars. This began in 1642 and ended, well, it was about a decade long. It ended in 1651, essentially. And uh, just the, the, the wiki notes here, it was basically just like a huge upheaval of political unrest. There was a lot of, um, it was basically two houses fighting it out against each other. More or less, yeah. More or less. There yeah. was obviously other players involved as well. It wasn't, um, it wasn't that black and white. Right. But essentially this is over the crown. Yeah. The parliamentarians and the royalists. Exactly. Exactly. Cromwell was, um, the roundheads and the cavaliers. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. was, he was, he was the, yeah, he, he was a very successful military, military leader mm. and a staunch, like antagonist of the crown mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. Right. Yep. And, uh, had the spiritual awakening to back him up. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Hey, that's almost like Arthur. Arthurian-esque. Mm. You have this spiritual awakening and it's like manifest destiny that you yeah. become like Lord Protector of England. Exactly. You yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. You build this all up in your head, essentially. It's kind of wild, really. There was a lot going on at this time. Um, <laughs> so basically, like, it was, the war has pitted the supporters of King Charles I yeah. against the long parliament, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, 1649 to 1651-ish, fighting between the supporters of King Charles, right, the second, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and supporters of the rump parliament. Don't you just love these oh, old terms? Yes. It's so funny, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but of course it ends in the execution of Charles I, mm, which is supported wholeheartedly, the Royalists, right, wholeheartedly mm -hmm. by Oliver Cromwell, and he supplants himself as Lord Protector of the State, which is another term. So, wait a second, Lord Cromwell supported King Charles? No, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no okay, no, opposite. No, no, no. He no. signed his death Yes, word. he signed, that's not, yeah, yeah. He, he, he supported the execution, and right. then he supplanted himself as Lord Protector of the State in, in place of King Charles. His King Charles II, which he should have killed, it's kind of curious, Cromwell didn't have him executed. Really? He had him exiled. Mm, not smart. That is going to come back to bite you in the ass. Not smart at all. Right? <laughs> I included this little bit here because I was like, wait a second, English Civil Wars, the War of the Roses. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I've been talking about this all the time at work. That's right. Um, I was just telling Andrew before we sat down and recorded, I was like, Every time I work, I because there's two rosés right now that we're serving. It's a very seasonal beverage. They're both <laughs> delicious, but it's the War of the Rosés. Right. That's <laughs> what I call it because you got to pick what's your favorite. <laughs> How many people get that reference? Um, there's a few. Sometimes I don't know if they're just laughing because it's like it's just a funny whatever. And they, you know, but at the same time, they I didn't even really know. <laughs> like, the, well, obviously, like it was 
two houses. The War of the Roses was um, part of the English Civil Wars. And essentially, yeah, it was uh, the House of Lancaster associated with the Red Rose and the House of York, who was the symbol of the White Rose. Mm. And I remember, it was like jogging my memory as I was reading through this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like grade 10 socials all over again. Or grade yeah. 9 socials, maybe. I don't know. One of the two. But it's it's really funny. cool, hey? I totally. love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a history geek. Sorry, we are, guys. No, we told, don't know. Apologies at all. <laughs> no, history, mis, history, sorry, mis, legends, cryptozoology. That's what we're into. Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're sorry. Oh, so Spelled S-O-R-R-E-Y. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> so, back to, uh, yeah, Cromwell here. Cromwell. I titled this next section The Execution. Mm. But that's a little... Misleading? Misleading. Mm-hmm. Um... And I was misled because I actually didn't know how this story went. Like, I, I, I missed a part, like, is... back in the day when I, like, learned about this. Really? Okay. Yeah, so anyway. This is so fun, though. So Oliver Cromwell. Fascinating. It, it really is. It's mm-hmm. bizarre. And actually, there's a whole slew of historical figures that this has happened to. So it's actually not a unique precedent hmm. where, like, this appendage goes missing. But um, <laughs> This appendage. <laughs> <laughs> he died officially on Friday, September 3rd. 1658 in London, and the cause was presumed to be septicemia, like hmm. also known as sepsis, right? Mm-hmm. So potentially life-threatening infection of the bacteria in the blood. This is blood. Super yeah, common at that time, it. right? Just this, lots of people died from it. Ugh, that's weird. It's so weird to think that like there's no antibiotics. Yeah, no just, penicillin at that no, time. No, you're putting leeches on yourself at this point, like yeah. trying to suck Even the out. Egyptians had penicillin. I mean, they didn't know what it was, but they were putting moldy bread on stuff, oh, and it was right, healing yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he died. He wasn't executed. He died nat- of natural causes. Okay. Okay. So he lived out his days, well, until the end, quite peaceful. Not peacefully, but he lived them out the way he right. wanted to. He wasn't defeated. That's right. Mm. Okay, so he was actually posthumously executed, obviously. You guys have Mm -hmm. filled that gap in. Okay, so following (laughs) his death, his natural death, Mm -hmm. he was embalmed and supposedly buried in Henry VII's chapel at Westminster Abbey, along with his daughter who had died as well. He actually had several daughters pass away. I have no idea. He was one of those cases very similar to like... It reminds me of, like, Darwin later on. It was like, Her you have a whole bunch. He probably married his cousin. He cranked out, like, nine mm, kids. Probably. Like, six of them made it. That type of story, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like kittens or something. Is septicemia, uh, like, can you get that sexually? Uh, <laughs> I that's a good go. question. Sorry, let's not stain his reputation unnecessarily. Well, you don't, I mean, honestly, <laughs> what, well, what's better? I mean, ben, Benny Frank died of syphilis. Yeah. Which is better, septicemia? Syphilis is more demeaning, right? Yeah. I'd say septicemia is better. That reminds me of the Seinfeld we were watching today. Let's put a poll up. Kramer walks in the room. You gave me gonorrhea. (laughs) It's like, I wanted to give you gonorrhea. I thought you would enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. But the story goes that his actual body was embalmed, buried at Westminster Abbey, along with his daughter... But because of his position as Lord Protector, or I mean, well, it was because he was of his position that he was buried there, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, it's it's not a big surprise that, of course, Charles the First or Charles the Second, rather, the exiled oh, son, yeah. is a little ticked off mm-hmm. about the outcome of the last little while, right? So, yeah, Cromwell was, of course, the biggest supporter of the execution of his father, Charles the First. Okay, and he, yeah, he signed the warrant for that execution. Mm-hmm. 
he appears as the third signature mm. on that. I and the, the only first two. the only reason he appears as the third as the, the legend goes, I don't actually know if this is true or not, was because he just showed up late, and he would have been the first name on there. He showed up late. Like, he was a few minutes behind the other men that were going to be signing the same warrant, and he wanted to be the first name on that okay. list. Okay, that, like, that seems like something a guy that names himself Lord Protectorate of the state would want would do. to make sure he's the right. But it's like, at that time, it's like, you're not going to make people rewrite up another one. You True, guys gonna get executed. Just paper's executed. expensive. It's hard to make. Well, the nice stuff anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <laughs> where am I at here? Well, he's okay. dead. He's supposedly moved to this Westminster Abbey. Right. So his body supposedly lays for a time in state, as it's called, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, people can go see him and everything, right? And they can go pay their respects and all that kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what people did, obviously, back in the day. It was almost like, remember, this is another <laughs> Deadwood reference, when they had um, Buffalo Bill laying in state in the first one after his right. execution, or murder, I should say. Yeah. Execution-style murder. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's out of respect. Yeah. yeah, right. And but people and people believed it was his body, right? And we don't know if it actually was or not, but of course it may have, whether it was or not, the actual, what people believed to be Cromwell's body may have actually stayed there in Westminster Abbey if it wasn't for his son. Because his son, and I actually didn't, I think his, I think his name was also Charles. Mm. Um, I, I believe, or no, sorry, I mean Oliver, rather. Oliver? I think he was named oh, after his okay. dad. Okay. I don't actually know, though. I should pull that oh, up. Okay. But he filled in as Lord Protector and sucked. At it, he was horrible, a total dolt. Hmm. He had not the same like authority or control. He couldn't he couldn't muster the same support that his okay. dad did. That's unfortunate. He basically loses complete control, allowing Henry II to come back to power oh. and regain control. You mean Charles II? Or sorry, Henry. <laughs> I'm losing my kings here. I'm yeah. all getting all mixed up. Charles II. <laughs> all right, and. Uh, yeah. Okay. So according to so he's restored to the monarchy. Eh? That's right. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. He had some powerful friends that are still lurking in yeah. the in the back. Sixteen sixty, eh? the monarchy was officially restored. Okay. So according to Oliver Cromwell dot net, which is the uh, has a lot of ton of good information on. <laughs> on Cromwell here. <laughs> but uh, upon the restoration of King Charles... This is a quote. Upon the restoration of King Charles II to the throne, an act of indemnity, pardon, and oblivion was passed. However, the act excluded the regencies from amnesty. Regicide. Re- regicide. Um, a person responsible for the killing of a monarch. Mm, so, that makes sense. along with the trial and punishment of the surviving regicides, mm. it was decreed that the bodies of the deceased ones, including Oliver Cromwell, should suffer the indignity of a posthumous execution. Mm. So, I mean, execution is already a nasty business. I post, suppose posthumous. That's posthumous. <laughs> it's very humorous. How about posthumous? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, King Ch- Charles II definitely thought it was humorous. Yeah. He was getting a kick out of this. Well, clearly. Why else would you do so that? On That's gross, though. The people have to dig man, him up and everything. Could you imagine that? Ew. It's pretty nasty. So, oh, like, At least he was embalmed, though. It's not like he's just like a rotten corpse. Yeah, as long as they did a good job. True. Well, apparently they did. Yeah. So they were able to execute him. If it was the right body. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. that's where the... yeah. Mm. So, January 26th, 1661, uh, Surgeon James Norfolk was commissioned by, the, by Charles II. He removes Cromwell's remains from the chapel at Westminster Abbey, and his body was moved to Tyburn in London. It was here 
that Cromwell and these other regicides that mm. were dug up uh, mm. who fought against the new king's brother had their corpses hung for all the city to see. <laughs> so they were hung out there for a time, all of them at once. So brief period of time, then they were cut down to the streets and, of course, they were decapitated. Hmm. Cromwell's being the most prolific of the ones hung up. Supposedly, it took eight blows of an axe to actually sever the head from the Oof. corpse because of... I, sort of I guess the embalming was pretty good. Must have been, yeah. Right? Uh. Um, this, is after, this is 12 years after lying in the abbey, so quite yeah. a while after, right? Then, this is gruesome, mounted on a spike... Hmm. I mean, I oh, suppose that's another that's Game Thrones reference. Totally. Like, yeah, totally. That's mm-hmm. what you do with heads when yep. you cut them off. So <laughs> mounted on a spike outside Westminster Hall, and the bodies themselves were just thrown in a pit and buried. The head was left on display from 1661 all the way until around the late 1680s. We're not exactly sure. There's a murky record. We don't know exactly when the head managed to find its way down from the spike, mm-hmm. but the legend goes that the head was blown down. Excuse me. In a windstorm in and around the year 1688. This is in London, sorry. The head was... Okay. Outside, yeah, Westminster Hall. So in London. Westminster Hall of London. Yeah, oh, there's okay. multiple places with the name Westminster. Okay, so Westminster They're all Abbey related to is the, different from Westminster Hall. Yeah, the Abbey is an actual, like, um, morch... Or, uh, what's it called? Like a mausoleum. A like a mo- Yeah, like multiple mausoleums. Oh, okay. Like okay. where people are buried. Oh, I see. Um, That'd be interesting to go visit. The Abbey, I think, was more of like a parliament. It is more of like a... I don't even know. It was like mm, another, mm-hmm. a, a public build, a public square space where people could see the heads, right? Right. So it's very public. Yeah, exactly. That's the point, obviously. Right, exactly. So yeah, left on display for a long time, like up until the 1680s. That's pretty crazy. Jeez. Ew, <laughs> so, ew. Two decades? Old? Yeah, it's a long time, right? So anyway, blown down in a windstorm, supposedly in and around the year 1688. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guards working there spotted it, knew exactly whose it was, and stuffed his stuffed it in his coat, brought it home, and hid it in his chimney huh. for safekeeping. <laughs> Are you serious? Supposedly. Ew. Okay. Oh, my God. He kept it for a brief period of time, but then he would sell it. So the head would go through some private hands, and people hmm. really, really wanted Oliver Cromwell's head. Black like, market item, eh? People were, I mean, think about it. This was heading into the Victorian era of the macabre. The macabre, right? People really were interested in oddities and weird stuff. (laughs) And getting into spiritualism, too. Maybe they thought it had some sort of mystical process. I bet you some people were wanting to, like, juice it into a smoothie to try... Yeah. Or to to have it as, like, a spiritual medium to get to the afterlife to talk to Oliver or something. Or who knows? Possibly. Crazy, right? If there anything like... uh, Oh, my gosh. What was the one Canadian prime minister who was obsessed with that? And he was, like, trying to find... Like, you know, he had, like, over, like, uh, probably over a thousand seances at his house. Oh, Who what's his name? That? Oh, my gosh. I'm totally... If anyone knows that reference, that's an Easter egg You know right who there. would? Um, Ace from Nothing Ever Happens in Canada. Yeah. Oh, I bet you she would. <laughs> but, so, yeah. The head... So, it's, it's going through multiple hands. And then at one time in the 18th century, it was actually on display in London for the paying public. And we'll have... Uh, we'll, we'll post the uh, poster... That was, like, displayed really? around the city. Really? Oh, cool. And apparently it was uh, pretty priced to get in. It wasn't just for anyone. It was for, you know, a select few that mm-hmm. were really interested mm-hmm. in that stuff. So, but it's, the ownership becomes kind of muddied here in the 18th century. We're not exactly sure. It's changing hands a lot, and a lot of it's on faith. I mean, there's no certificate of authenticity. No, it's like you do DNA is, testing. Exactly, yeah. right? So it's, it, you're, you're going on the fact that, let's like, okay, clearly it was severed posthumously. It's embalmed. Mm-hmm. 
it looks like the head that people told stories about on the spike. Yeah. And must be it. There's not even photography. Like, you know, it's not as if they would have a reference to be like, okay, this is what he looked like in life. This is what his head looks like right now. Right. If it is his head. Like, you know, there's no real way to verify. All there were were sketches. Sketches, eh? Which, of course, is... It's kind of ambiguous Nothing in sense, right? Nothing but subjective interpretation. I'm, I'm curious what the color of the head would have looked like. Like, what it would have... It would have been, like... I picture it like a like mummified, like, gray, black. Must have been, yeah. Still with some hair on it. Looking mm. all nasty. That'd be hard to identify. Oh, man. That reminds me of, like, the Dawson City toe. Like, the mummified toe in the shot glass you take a shot of. Oh, yeah. Imagine if you had something like that. Like, you do, a, you do like, a... Or, do or, like a beer chug out of Cromwell's head or something. Exactly. Or even just going back to the whole identification and, and the muddy confusions and people throughout time. Like, oh my gosh, the, the dude that Astonishing Legends covered, they did that series on him. The guy that lived forever. Mm, mm-hmm. um, oh my God, what was his name again? Oh, I'm man. misremembering that now too. But essentially he had so many different phases, right? Where he would just like pop up and reappear in history. Oh, the Count of St. Germain. Count of St. Germain, yeah. Where it was like people were like, oh, it looks like him. It looks like it could be him. I don't know. Is it him? Right. Right. Oh, excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Your, little, your little mouse sneezes. Oh my goodness. Oh, I allergies. allergies. Okay, so so the, the story is pretty muddied, but mm-hmm. then in 1815, it was purchased by a guy named Henry Wilkinson. Oh, okay. And he was convinced of its authenticity. The guy that sold it to him was very thorough in his explanation that, like, uh, the evidence that this was Cromwell's head. Okay, so, so he was convinced. Even though it had been out for 28 years in the elements before it started circulating in the hands of the underworld. Like, think hmm. about that for a second. That's a long time. It's crazy. That is pretty crazy. So, but but this head, though, Cromwell's, let's just believe that it's Cromwell's. It okay. lasted in the Wilkinson line, passed down through the family until the 1960s. So, I got, I mean, I wanted to ask you this. I was like, where the hell are you keeping this thing as you're passing it through the family? And how do you pass that to the next family member? In a box? Yeah, in a box, I guess. <laughs> well, you gotta keep it in a box. <laughs> no, but like, do you display it on the mantle? Do you have it in a display case? Like, Maybe it's like mounted on the wall like a deer head. <laughs> that'd be pretty badass, I guess. I mean... And the thing is, too, like, why are you keeping... Okay, initially, even, too, after it fell off the spike and it was kind of like passed around and all this stuff and it was obviously valuable, I wonder if it would have been more valuable to the enemies of Cromwell and, like, the families of the people, the descendants of his enemies, that type of thing, versus his supporters. I wonder who wanted it more. That I would wonder. be an interesting question to ask, like, you know, yeah, like your hero trophy. or your villain. Like, I feel like the villain, like, I feel like the enemies would probably want it more. I agree. But I that's think just so, me. too. I'm, I'm pretty spiteful. Yeah. <laughs> in any event, the Wilkinson family clearly didn't want it anymore because in the 60s, they, Horace Wilkinson, one of the, the last in line that had possession of it, decided to reach an agreement with um, Cromwell's former alma mater. You know, mm-hmm. he was an alumni of Sydney College at Cambridge. Oh, okay. So they reached an agreement to have the head transferred back to the college so it could be, like, on display there, right? Huh. But that's, and that's basically it. This is essentially the basic story of the head. It's very strange, but there's reason to believe that the head may have actually ended up elsewhere for reasons unknown, that the head at the college might not be Cromwell's, and if it's not, whose is it? Hmm. And... It could have been easily maybe one of the other um, regicides, right? Potentially. Yeah. It would be even more bizarre to imagine that in some weird changing of hands, it's some other famous historical figure's head that is thought to be Cromwell's, and it's actually someone else's, and Cromwell's is buried somewhere else, thinking that it's someone else's head Mm -hmm. or something. It's the weird... 
Because there's gaps, Musical right? chairs of the heads. Exactly. So that's where we're getting into here. Debate whether it was even the body that was, that was executed posthumously, right? So we can go back to that original event if he even was buried where he was said to be buried at Westminster Abbey, mm-hmm. correct? Like, mm-hmm. Or if he was spirited away somewhere else. Right. So we know for certain that it was his body was embalmed after death. But there is some evidence that suggests that the body was not transported to Westminster Monastery, but rather was taken from the scene quickly and then buried at a private location that was unknown why would they do that at this point i feel like it's kind of um it to me that's kind of questionable because you would want him to lay in state you would want him to be recognized for all of his achievements and all that kind of thing but um you know that's just my thoughts on the matter but murky times murky so times. if you wanted to lay in state yes. a lot of people in state hate your guts okay that's true but you you can claim a victory over charles the first at least right true and it is obviously commonly known that the body did lay in rest in London following his death. Um, or sorry, the the the, no, the body that lay in rest was a fake. So it was representative of him, but it was actually a mannequin. So it wasn't a real body. With, with a wax head. A wax head, correct. Okay. And then some people think that his friends had actually snuck his body away and buried it at Holborn in London. Um, or in Nassaby. Another just location Nasty. in the city. That's I guess. very yeah. strategic too, and it's it's very significant for him too because it was one of the locations oh, right. of his greatest civil victories, civil war victories. Right. Sorry, right. And so that that could be another possibility. The other line of thought is that okay, so maybe even if it was his body that was buried at Westminster Abbey was un, un, uninterred twelve years later by the Crown, yeah, uh, by Charles II. Um, Again, right, we get into the murkiness of once the bodies and are decapitated, the heads are up on the spikes. Those are for, that's for two decades. Who's to say that almost they three couldn't decades. have mixed it up? Almost three decades, sorry, sorry. Um, but who's to say that they couldn't have mixed those up, especially when that wind blew up? Who knows if it was just his head that fell off or others or who knows? So, again, that's murky. It's, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it would have been like, you know, at the at the beginning, people would have known. It's like, okay, that's the spike. That's Cromwell's head on that I wonder that if they spike. would have had a name attached to it or some sort of identifier, like some sort of article of clothing or I some wonder. sort of insignia or anything. Or straight up a sign that says yeah, Cromwell. Yeah, just hanging along, yeah, around the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, too. I wonder, eh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So there are, are there... This is all speculation, obviously, right. but... And that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Because, like, if any of this other stuff is true that you were mentioning just before that, if we are to believe that it wasn't the head on there, or even if it was, even if it was the head on the spike, but that through the changing of hands, the actual head went missing or is misplaced or sold, a fake was sold and then yeah. resold again, so the actual head went to another hands and then the person who thought they had it had a different head... <laughs> That leaves us with this basic idea that the head at Sydney College could possibly, like, could not be the head of Oliver Cromwell, of the hmm. Lord Protector Oliver Cromwell. There was testing done. In the really? 1930s, Dr. Carl Pearson and then another guy, G.M. Morant, mm-hmm. undertook some thorough testing. Okay. You know, testing the skin, whatever, doing some samples, stuff like that. They agreed that whoever the head did belong to, okay. it was obviously embalmed. Mm-hmm. They did concur that it was cut posthumously. Humously. Humously, sorry. He said posthumously. Why do I keep saying that? What's wrong with me today? Anyway, so obviously that's pretty rare 
Yeah. It's like, that's not going to be a lot of people that But that fit did happen that. to a group, right, in this particular moment. It did. So it would match the date. It would match the... Because every single one of those regicides that would have died alongside Oliver, like, in the years following the aftermath it's and true. all stuff, would have probably been involved, too. It's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the, he, it dated to the right period, so it could have been another one of the regicides. Mm-hmm. So all of those things do point... Like, if you believe it's Cromwell, like, that all points to that it is. Mm-hmm. Right? But at the same time, I mean, it's oh, circumstantial. Another thing, I wonder if they could extract any form of DNA from the head still, and if they could use that and have like any sort of if Oliver Cromwell has any descendants Ancestor living of some today. Kind. Yeah, exactly. Well, that would the be thing. the only way to. Whether we are to believe that that this is the problem with that idea, whether we are to believe that this hidden this head, like that's hidden away at Sydney College, is the real one, mm-hmm. they. In the in in their words, in the interests of finally letting Cromwell laid to rest, rest in peace, yeah. they refuse to dec- disclose the location of the head on campus. Hmm. So it's a tightly guarded secret. Interesting. What a weird thing for your faculty. It's like who who in the faculty is privy to that information? <laughs> like just the dean. Like who gets to ten, tenured call, professors yeah. and the dean and and that's it. Maybe. I mean. And the how, custodian, that's oh, it. Man. Somebody <laughs> should somebody should rough up the cons- the custodian and try to figure out where it is on the, <laughs> the campus. Yeah, you probably don't know. <laughs> Find the filth on campus yeah. and rough them up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like Hogwarts. Yeah, Ooh, I like that. Anyway, I just found that to be a really bizarre story with a hidden head of a historical figure on a campus where they refuse to say the location. Bizarre. The fun part about this story to me is the the story of his death too. Yeah, like I like that, and the fact that he he died not nobly by any means, but sepsisemia probably would have been painful. Um, not the most uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Pleasant. Like, well, not the most pleasant, and not like the most uh, prestigious way to go, I guess you could say. But no. he did not succumb to his enemy's will. That's the one thing we can say about Oliver Cromwell in the end. No, they did get the better of him. After death. I'm curious about his son, the fate of him in, in the uprising, the um, re- restoration of Charles II. Well, I'm II sure he was executed. I he probably was, I'd that, imagine, but, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how you screw up that badly after you're yeah. handed, just handed. The, I mean. Well, that's just it. It's just the classic thing of the son not being able to live up to the father's, yep. uh, or living in the father's shadow, so to speak, or whatever. I guess know? so. Yeah. <laughs> and have it, yeah, well, man, yeah. Anyway, the poor, poor, poor Cromwell. That's what happened to him. So we hope you guys enjoyed this strange episode of uh, Into the Portal for Patreon. Kind of strange, kind of weird, kind of far out A little there. different, a little historical, a little, yeah. bit of, a little bit of everything. Totally. Leave a comment, let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, definitely get at us. Uh, you know where to find us always. Send us an email if you'd like, of comment course. on the episode. Uh, we always want to hear from you. And if there's something you guys really want done on yeah. Patreon, please email us. Yeah, into the portal email mailbox. Like, We've had some suggestions that. on social media and lots of fun stuff. There was the one biography that was thrown out about, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but we're totally open to any and all suggestions we love them absolutely because you guys are just as into this weird and crazy stuff as we are so we do this for you i mean we live we live to do this and we love we patreon is something we really just want to focus more and more and more on because you guys keep the lights on around here and Mm -hmm. we really appreciate you more Mm -hmm. than more than we can describe so thank you all very much yes and um yeah until next time on into the portal your gateway to the bazaar
This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.